to you. Uh, glad to have you tuning in with us and to be with us. Uh, just want to invite you, if you are new uh, to Elements, to maybe download our free app. You can get it at your app store. Just type in Element City Church. You'll find that. And uh, that's a great way to connect and to, to kind of keep up to speed with everything that's happening. There's a tab for events, things that are unfolding. Uh, we had our food distribution yesterday. Uh, several uh, of our folks were out helping us give out food. We gave out three pallets of food to people here in the community driving by and living around here, and so we do that every second Saturday, and I want to invite you personally uh, to maybe join us on the second Saturday in February at 8.30 in the morning right here in the parking lot and be a part of that team that's helping distribute that. Uh, so as you download the app, there's lots of things on there you can find out, and tonight if you're tuning in from online, we have uh, our online host that would love to connect with you or pray with you. We'll be available to pray with you afterwards here in-house if you need that, uh, and if you are new, we'd love to invite you to fill out our connection card. You can do that through the app. It's the second tab down and kind of emails me, lets me know a little bit about you and I can get back with you and kind of connect with you and help you take some first steps around here. So again, thanks for tuning in um, and for being here in the house. And two quick things to let you know about. One is this Wednesday, we are doing another virtual lunch hangout uh, together and we'd love to invite you to that uh, at noon just dial in from where you're at. All the information's in the app. We'll put it on social media as well. Zoom in from wherever you are. We'll watch each other eat. We'll hang out. We'll have a good time for an hour or so. Uh, and I'd love to connect with you on that. So virtual lunch and 21 days of prayer is actually our prayer initiative. I'll talk about it at the end of the service tonight too. But that begins tomorrow. And you can download the PDF prayer form. It kind of the first few pages has information about what is prayer and how do you engage in prayer and in, in, in some simple scriptures that you can pray. And then kind of about page eight or so is kind of starts with day one. And tomorrow, Monday, is day one. And we'd love to invite you for all of us as a church to kind of journey on the next 21 days. We're going to end with the worship night on January 31st right here in the house. We'd love to invite you to be a part of that. Uh, but to pray with us and to lean into prayer. We believe in the power of prayer, what God does as his people pray. And so we're inviting our whole church to focus on this for the next 21 days starting tomorrow. So set aside maybe 5, 10, 15 minutes tomorrow. Read through day one. Pray with us. We're all going to be praying the same thing, focused asking God to be active in our lives. And so, as we get ready to start tonight, uh, the church of the week happens to be a church that you love dearly. It's us. Uh, we are Church of the Week uh, this week. So lots of churches around town praying for you and for Element City Church. So can we just pray? And if you're here in the house, I'd ask you to stand where you're at, and we'll get started in worship in a moment after this prayer. So Father, we love you. We thank you that you are a God who responds to prayer, who leans in. And so I pray for each one of us as we go on this 21-day uh, adventure of prayer. God, each one of us is at a different place. Each one of us has different needs. And so I'm just asking on behalf of your people here, would you move in their hearts? Would you move in their lives? Would you surprise them with the way that you're active? Would you encourage? Would you enrich? And would you nurture their life? Would you speak to your church, all of us individually and us corporately? Would you move our hearts in these next three weeks as we lean in and, and ask you to move on our behalf, would you leverage the impact that this church can have in the city that you love? God, we want to be a church that reaches people. We're going to talk about that tonight. 
And so would you give us the resources, the passion, the energy, the time, the people to do that and to make a kingdom impact. And so, Father, we're the church of the week, and we're just asking on the prayers on behalf of the, of the church around Tucson that's praying for us this week. God, would you be at work, not just in our church, but in your church across your city. And would you move in our hearts tonight as we lean into you, as we worship you now. We love you, Jesus. Fighting for the furthest you gave, you lied. 
I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I can see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't
after such a long week for our country with uh, so much to, to digest and try to even uh, comprehend. And really what it just brings me back to, Lord, is that this is the cry for us as believers and followers of Jesus. That we're gonna run to the Father. That we're just gonna fall into the grace that you've set before us, the mercy that you place in our lives, which your word says is new for us every single morning. 
And so we worship you for your faithfulness. And thank you that you are faithful uh, to be there for us to find when we come to you. And so I just pray tonight, Lord, that you would draw hearts towards yourself. That we would see, just as we sang, that running to your arms is running to life away from death. And I know that there's dead areas in my life. There's ways that I try to run back to things uh, that aren't healthy, uh, things that uh, don't feed my soul. So tonight, would you help me uh, just to repent of those things, just to return to my first love, to come back to you, Lord, and just to see that in you is life and all that we need. So thanks for uh, those who are tuning in. Thanks for those who are here uh, in this place tonight. I pray that wherever people are, God, that you'd be faithful to meet us right now. That your spirit would dwell inside of us, would begin to open our hearts uh, to receive your word tonight, to receive what it is that you have for us. Maybe some of us just walked into this room uh, not really expecting much. But I pray right now, God, that you would raise our expectations of you because you're able to do far more than we can ask or imagine. And so would you just give us a spirit of honesty to cry out to you, God? What is it that we need to just tell you? And just to sit back and to, to watch you work, to see how you're ready to meet us exactly where we're at, to give us what we need, to speak to us the words we need to hear, So Holy Spirit, we just give you this time. We give you this place. This is your space to work. So would you anoint Jack now? Would you speak through him and just use his words to speak uh, the truth into our hearts that we need to hear tonight? So we love you, Jesus. We give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. It's in your precious, it's in your holy name we pray. Amen. 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 We uh, started this refresh series last weekend and thankful for Lyle leading us into uh, really looking at the posture of and the position of discipleship and what does that really mean. And, and I want to kind of pick up where we left off and going into understanding kind of this refresh for Element City Church these next few weeks. But if you will indulge me, I would like to have a little pastoral commentary, if you will, um, with everything that unfolded this week and everything that's really kind of unfolded really over the last year building more in COVID and, and all these things, I'd like to remind us of something, uh, of who we just sang about. A reminder, it's Jesus. He is our Savior, our friend, and the one true leader that we are to follow above all others. There is no one that should sit in the center seat of your heart more than him. Throughout the entire universe, there is no rival to him and he has no equal. His kingdom and his way of life is to be our first and primary pursuit. Through baptism, we have now died to the way of this world and our life and raised to live a new life in Christ. And Jesus deserves our worship 
our deepest adoration, and nothing in this world can ever truly threaten or oppose or challenge him. There is nothing higher than him. There's no policy, no platform, no party, no personality that will ever match him. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and the omega. There is none like him. He deserves our best and he deserves our all. And we are to reach up in worship to him alone. And when if, and if we find ourselves feeling empty, may that be a trigger within us to return to his all-present, all-knowing, all-sufficient, all-powerful nature of who he is and the amazing love he has for you and for me. See, I remind us of this because the scripture says that our hearts are prone to wander. And the reality is that all of us at times will drift and begin to seek out other things or other people to aim our adoration. But there is nothing and none who rival Jesus, who could ever rise above his authority or his acclaim or his power or his love. And thus, he alone deserves our most and our best and our all. This is the call to all who have surrendered their life to Christ, who have said yes to his salvation and to his hope and have surrendered kind of what they could create to what he accomplished and did for him. He must remain our first and foremost. I say all this because I fear at times in our culture, amidst the allure and the temptation and the flirting and the whistling of all kinds of things, things like nationalism and materialism, and pleasure, and accomplishments, the pursuit of accumulating things, and the longing for self-reliance and control. That along with those and a host of other things, they could try to distract us away from the one who has saved us, and who has rescued us, who has redeemed our soul and our very life, and who secures our future forevermore. And he is where our love is to reside. The most forever. Jesus deserves our best, and we are to seek him first. Friends, may that be so for you. May that be so for his church. May that be so for me. So, <clears throat> it's an interesting time in which we live. And maybe uh, it's a reminder of what matters and who matters most. That Jesus is the one who matters most. And, and I'm grateful, Lyle did a great job starting us off last week looking at this idea of discipleship and, and what it is to be. And this whole refresh series really has that as a backdrop and for us to kind of sink our roots down in, into the lifestyle of discipleship, to let it begin to shape our lives as followers of Jesus as we learn to become an apprentice of Jesus and, and trying to be more and more like him. Remember the definition we looked at last week? A disciple is someone who knows and follows Jesus, is becoming like Jesus, and is committed to the mission of Jesus. Uh, Lyle kind of unpacked uh, what's called the Great Commission, Matthew 28, where Jesus sends his church, his disciples, says, you're to go into all nations, you're to go and, and, and baptize and, and to make disciples, right? And so that's kind of this famous passage called the Great Commission, that we're all to go. And, and every church really has that as a backdrop of who they are and what they're to be about. And, and tonight I want to look at that, but I also want to begin to look at maybe our specific calling 
as a church. Because the two great passages that we see that every church is meant to kind of center around and be about is the great commandment and the great commission. Tonight, I want to look at the great commandment a little bit, but I want you to understand kind of how this fits and how each church has its own flavor, if you will. So let's talk about ice cream. How many of you like ice cream? There's a couple hands not raised, and I, I feel like I need to stop and pray for you um, because ice cream is one of the greatest gifts that the Lord has ever given. And so ice cream is this amazing thing, and we can lean into it. And the reality is everyone on the count of three, I want you to shout, even if you're at home, I want you to shout your favorite flavor. Are you ready? One, two, three, go. Okay. I don't know if you could hear it at home, but I'm sure it was the same on your couch, around your family as well, but as here is not everyone yelled vanilla. I don't know if you knew that or not. Like, in fact, I don't think I even heard of vanilla. Maybe there was one person that yelled vanilla. Okay, one person that yelled vanilla, right? But, like, there was so many different flavors with that. But here's what you don't know, or here's what you have to understand. is like in Tucson, it's, it's hot here a lot of the times of the year. Amen? Yeah, and so, like, ice cream is like a necessity here. Uh, you have to have it here. And so every place you go, when you walk in, my hunch is you don't walk in and go, look at all those vanilla Right? You, you don't look at all the flavors and every bin is just vanilla. Right? You don't see that. What you see is multiple flavors. And in essence, I want you to keep that in mind that as the church, we have a calling that Jesus said, I want you to be about, I want you to go, and I want you to make disciples, and I want you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. I want you to love others. This great commission, this great commandment, that is the ice cream. Now, the flavor of how churches carry that out is where it gets maybe a little bit different. And that's what I want us to lean into really these next three weeks. For us, is to maybe understand a little bit more of our flavor uh, for Element City Church and how we're going to go about living out what Jesus has said. This is good and this is what I want you to be about. Now, how you do that might be a little bit different in flavoring of that. Uh, we have a vision and a mission statement as a church. It's on our about page on our website if you want to read it. But I want to just remind us about that. The vision is that we want to change lives by bringing the hope and light of Jesus to the heart of the city and beyond. Uh, that it is a never a fully measurable thing. It's so grand. It's meant to be ever expanding. And it goes well beyond just our city and our street and our block and, and our mile radius or our 10 mile radius around us. We want to be a church and a people that we see lives changed for God and for God's good. And to see that hope in light of Jesus kind of infiltrating through our city and even beyond that for some of you, you've gone to Ecuador with us and some of the mission work that we've gotten to do there. And, and that's just the beginning. Like, I would love to see us on every continent. How cool would that be to have part of the inf influence that this church could have everywhere around the world? That we may not be able to see the full end of this, but the vision is we want to see lives changed for Jesus. So that his hope and his light is going out from this place and around the corner and around the, the cityscape and around the block and around the world. That's what we're about. And, and the mission of our church is that as we do that, as we try to live this out and bring that hope and light of Jesus, is that we want to continually invite people into a life-giving, life-changing relationship with Jesus. That's what we're about. In fact, everything we do as a church has to be 
about this invitation to say, listen, it's not about just being good. It's not about just being spiritual. It's not about just being religious. There's a lot of religious people in the world who'd never have their life really changed. What they've never experienced is an actual relationship with this Jesus. And he's the one that really changes lives. And so we want to continually invite people into their next step of having their life changed in this relationship with Jesus. And so those kind of our vision and our mission, but kind of the how, uh, the flavoring, if you will. See, the vision and mission is all about the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. But, but the flavoring is how we go about that. And, and that's what I want us to spend some time on these next three weeks. Tonight, I want to look at the first one. But the three key words that you see is kind of organiza- organizational values that we have, that we want to have around here. As a church, we want to be a church that will reach and that will equip and that will send people. That's what we're going to be about. We want to be a church that will reach and that will equip and that will send people. That at the very core of who we are, everything we do in some way, shape, or form is going to be connected to that flavoring, that expression, that experience of how we go about things. So again, it's all tied back to the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. You'll remember the Great Commandment. This idea of reach is what I want to look at tonight. This idea of reaching up and reaching out. The great commandment, uh, Jesus is kind of cornered into this conversation one day. It's in a text where Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, so if you have your Bible, you can go there, or open up the app, you can go down to sermon notes and follow along. But in Matthew 22, it's, the context is interesting because it's Passion Week. It's the week of Jesus leading up to the cross where he's going to die on your behalf and on my behalf. But it's in that context. And so the crescendo of his life is kind of rising up in volume. And people are coming after him. And in this passage, he's going to talk about why he emphasizes love above all things. It's the calling that we have. For Jesus, love is not a secondhand emotion. It is the most important thing. If, if Jesus was a builder, love would be the foundation upon which everything else is built. If he was an archer, love would be the ultimate bullseye on the target. If he was an entrepreneur, love would be the top priority of his organization far above any other initiative that would ever come along. Love is what matters most to him. Now in the English language, we have one word for love. Guess what it is? Good guess, good job, love. Yeah, love is the word that we have for love, and it's interesting that I can love everything from a Sonoran hot dog to my house to my wife, and there should be a difference, right? There should be a difference, right? I know a lot of you love Sonoran hot dogs, and that's great, but like, if you love your spouse as much as a Sonoran hot dog, there is an issue arising, okay? And so we need to deal with that. And so, like, there should be a difference in that we only have one word to capture that, but in the Greek language, there's several words. Storhe is one of those words most frequently used for a parental kind of love. Phileo is this common kind of love where I show love for you and you show love back for me with Philadelphia, right? The city of brotherly love. Eros, this erotic, romantic kind of love. Agape is this other word that that speaks to something very unique 
And what's interesting, going back to the first century or so, is you, you don't find the word agape written very much in Greek literature. It was so unique in the way that it talked about love. In so many ways, it was so quite different than phileo or, or storhe, or this love that often would have a reciprocal nature to it. Agape would really come from a different angle and a term of the way it would be love, as the Greeks understood it. That it wasn't really centered on the relationship one person to another. It was really, it wasn't based on their attractiveness or the benefit that you would get from someone else. It really was more centered on the one who was doing the loving. It was based on their core of who they were, their character. It wasn't based on something that would reciprocate back. It would just say, this person is showing agape love, and they would do, and agape love has action to it. It's not just a feeling thing. It's, it's action-oriented. There would be expression to it. There'd be activity to it. Agape love was way different, and yet Agape love is what we see so often in the scriptures to describe the kind of love that God has for you and the kind of love God has for me, the kind of love he has for us, the kind of love that even the Apostle Paul would take a whole chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and write about this agape kind of love. This, this is the love that Christ has for you and it's the kind of love he wants to grow and nurture in your heart that you would then share and show to others. And so Jesus is getting ready to have this conversation where he's going to talk about that kind of love. Not just a simple love here and there, but a godly kind of love. And in Matthew 22, this is what we find. This is the passage of the great commandment. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, meaning some other people were trying to trip Jesus up and he had kind of silenced them with his story, his teaching. Now the Pharisees, another religious group back in the Jewish day, were coming to try to trip Jesus up and they got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in all of the law? Now, the question is a good question. It's a necessary question. The Jewish rabbis had identified 613 individual statutes of the law that would constantly say this is kind of the way you're to love and to love God. This is how you're supposed to do it. So 613 laws that you were meant to obey in order to show your love. And they were constantly kind of figuring it out how to weigh what are the heavy ones, what are the light ones, what are the ones that really matter, what are the ones that are okay to maybe fudge on a little bit, or if you're going to slip up, slip up on these, not these. And so he's asked this question, which is the greatest? 613, take your pick. And without skipping a beat, Jesus responds with this. Jesus replied, verse 37, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, he didn't take a breath, is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then verse 40, I think one we skip over often. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. It's like Jesus picked up a nail and nailed it into the wall and said, everything of the law and the prophets, the whole entire Old Testament, hangs on love God and love people. And if you remove that nail, then it's like it falls and shatters. And this is where people go sideways and this is where you get 613 laws. Jesus is saying, no, no. You are to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. You're agape love. Why? Because that's the kind of love he has 
for you. And you are to love your neighbor as yourself. It's known as the great commandment. We understand the great commission, okay, go and make disciples. But the reality is if we go and make disciples and we do it not in great commandment love, then we are not doing it the way Jesus said to do it. That as we go, we're to bring a great commandment kind of love. That as we live our lives, we're to have that kind of love and we are to have a reach, if you will. We're to help people reach up in worship and we're to help people reach out to love others. That is the mission for us. Uh, to reach up in love is this adoration and worship. Uh, one of the things I, I loved, I treasured, as a dad, when my kids were little, is when I would come home, right? And they would meet me at the door, and they would say, Daddy! And I would say, what a? I don't know why I'd say that, but I'd say that. And then they would throw their hands up, right? And what are they looking for in that moment? For me to pick them up, and for me to, to kind of gather them up and to, to engage with them and to hold them and to let them know you are mine. And I'm connected to you. So it is this heart and this passion that we are to love God. We are to look up and grow this worship. That is the posture of worship. It's to look to someone who is bigger than you to say, I need you. Would you hold me? Would you help me again? Really, at the heart of worship, that's what it is. Worship is not just a song. It's not just something we sing. It's a posture of the heart that says, God, I need you. You're big, and I'm little, and I need me to be caught up in you again. I don't want to live my whole life trying to, to, to work my way to you. I can just simply say, I need you. That it's not a matter of if or when we will worship. We will all worship. We will all give our attention and our affection and our devotion and our heart allegiance to something or someone. So it's not a matter of if you will worship. It's a matter of who are you going to worship. Are you going to worship the things of this world, the people of this world, the people of your own family? Are you going to worship the traditions of things? Are you going to worship someone that's so much bigger than that? The spiritual act of worship, this is what Paul says in Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, meaning in view of all God has done for you, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship, meaning it's your whole life. It's this lifestyle of worship that says, God, you are so worthy of my attention and my devotion and my affection. I want you to have it all. I don't want to be distracted or detoured by other things that try to whistle for my attention. I always want my attention foremost to be on you. And I want to see things from your point of view. I want to worship. You want to live where my, my heart is raising up to say, God, you're the one who deserves the most and the best of me. And so we want to help people learn how to reach up and worship, how to really truly walk that out in everyday real life. Because when you begin to leave and begin to understand that your heart is continually reaching up for God, you can enjoy his amazing agape love for you. And it then turns you around to begin to be a person who lives out the second. That you begin to love the people around you. Why? Because you love God and you're entranced by his love for you and it fills you up so naturally you just turn around and begin to love other people. 
again, when my kids were little. Uh, I started this when the girls were probably one, maybe two. Uh, I started doing daddy-daughter dates. They had no clue. Um, but intentionally, I, I said, I, I want to be the kind of dad that when eventually you meet some other guy, he is less than me. And so he better, he better exceed um, your expectations of me uh, because that's what I want for you. And so I started dating my daughters really early on and this idea of daddy-daughter dates. And we would go to McDonald's. Oh, that was horrible. But they had this giant play place, which was kind of awesome. And, and so, like, they would go in there, and they would, uh, we would get, like, a Happy Meal. They would eat, like, a half of a nugget, and then, like, I got to play. And so they would run into McDonald's, right? And you've been there. And I have had the experience before, uh, any parents here, where you had to climb to the top to get your kid to come out. That was so embarrassing. Um, but I've done it a couple times where it's like, okay, you try the bribe thing, you try the, I'm your dad, come down here thing, and anyway. So, like, sometimes it would go awry, but we would do these dates, and, and we would do that. And what I noticed about my kids so easily is they found friends wherever they went. They didn't even know these people. And suddenly they were bringing them down and sharing their nuggets with people. Uh, and I was like, well, that's nice that you're the same age and we don't know them. And, and they would be like, no, this is, this is Billy and this is awesome and he's great. And I met him on the top over there. And, and, like, and so like, they would include everyone in there. And I think maybe the older we get sometimes, the less inclusive we really become. And sometimes maybe we could take a lesson from our kids that say, listen, how you love others is just be normal and love people. Like, be nice. Like, be kind. We have the be kind uh, symbol around here in Tucson of Ben's Bells, right? Be kind to people. Maybe part of how we are to reach out to others is to be kind and to be nice and to be inclusive of other people. We are not, our job is not to convince people or convict people or try to coerce people. Maybe our job is simply to bless people, to just to let people know that God's made a difference in our lives. And so we're just going to turn around and do that. Now, I know when we talk about reaching out, it's this word, this Christian word, this church word that sometimes has a way of stirring up tension within us. In fact, uh, there are words that create tension in ourselves. If I were to say IRS audit or root canal, like every one of you would wince and you're like, oh, that sounds horrible. And sometimes in the church, when we say the word evangelism, it's like, ooh, the same kind of thing, because we feel this pressure. We feel like, I don't know how to do that. I'm inadequate in that. And it may conjure up feelings of guilt or fear and adequacy in you. And, and if you're a seeker, someone who's not yet a follower of Jesus, it may even cause negative emotions to draw up in you because you begin to feel uncomfortable that people are just trying to shove religion down your throat. And it reminds you of the relative who always talks about Jesus or talks about the televangelist on TV and people who are trying to coerce them into being saved. And, and so you push back against it. Even if you're not a believer, this word creates tension. And so often it's a negative thing. When maybe our whole job and, and goal as a follower of Jesus is not to convince or coerce or to guilt people into anything. It, it's simply to be a light and to share 
David Kinnaman wrote a book called Unchristian. He interviewed hundreds of adults on their perspective and their experiences of Christianity. When he came to the subject of evangelism, the overwhelming response was negative. Kinnaman talked uh, that as people shared about their story, they felt bullied or manipulated. That only one-third felt that Christians in their lives actually cared about them. That most just seemed to impress upon them that they were a project or a target that they weren't even cared about. And they were more of a check mark to be checked off as they try to convince them to turn toward Jesus. And maybe for us, it's saying, listen, we want to be a church that reaches out relationally. We're not going to be weird about it. We're going to be relational about it. We're going to be people who reach out in love, who pray for folks, who listen, who serve others and come alongside and help. And then when the time is right, that we share our God story. Here's what God's doing in my life. Here's what you may want to check out about him. If he can do this for me, if he could change me, and maybe he can do the same for you. See, we let our actions speak first. But when the time is right, we speak up about it. And we share our story. We don't share it in a weird way. We don't share it in a way trying to coerce people We just share it. It's the Holy Spirit's job to bring people to the Father. It's our job to speak and to say, and we've talked about this in the past around here at Elements, this bless approach, right? Where you maybe begin with prayer. You're just kind of praying for the people around you. And so you begin with prayer. You listen. You learn to be a person that listens well. Uh, We live in a culture where there's a lot of talk and very little listening. And so what if you just began to listen to your neighbors and to your coworkers and to the people around you, that you eat together. Uh, every single one of you here, I've watched you, you like to eat. The people that you love and that you're trying to reach with the gospel, you know what? They like to eat. Maybe you should eat together a little bit and just share a meal and share life with them, that you can serve them in ways, that you can come alongside in the ups and downs of life and just say, I'm here to serve you, I'm here to help because uh, I care about you. And then as we live this out, when the opportunity comes for them to go, why are you doing this? You know what? I do it. It's real simple. I do it because I have found this love that has changed my life. And if you ever want to hear about it, I'd love to tell you about it. That love really matters. See, we reach out because Jesus came to seek out each and every one of us. Remember the whole story of Jesus and Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus climbs this tree, the whole crowd's going by, Jesus stops and sees him, calls him down. Salvation comes to his house as he turns to Jesus. And the very last verse of that whole encounter in Luke 19.10 says this, for the Son of Man, Jesus speaking, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. The reason we reach out is because Jesus came and he sought out, he sought out you. And he sought out me. And that is his mission, to seek people out, that they might be found and find a relationship with him. And so we want to be a church that will reach up and help people reach up and worship, to love God, to reach out, to be able to love others around us. And we will reach. That's what we will be about. Now, in our day, there's some challenges that have come before us 
if we're honest, if we just look at the landscape of the world around us, and sometimes we're going to have to reach beyond some growing barriers in our day. You think of the images that you even saw this week. Jesus saves, Jesus 2020, the Christian flag walking through the house in the midst of an angry mob. See, when people today hear the word Christian, those are some of the images that pop in their mind. It made me want to vomit because I, I see the, the heart of, that is not the way of Jesus. And so the reality is sometimes we have to share what Christianity is not at the same time of what we're sharing what it is. And so maybe to reach out means we're going to have to reach beyond some of the barriers that have been erected, some ways that the true image of Jesus has become blurred or hijacked. We have to be clear to reach beyond barriers, misconceptions, and heresies that have been erected so that people see the real Jesus. And that when we talk about him, we talk about him from that perspective. See, followers of Jesus are peacemakers. Christians are commanded to seek the peace of the cities where they live, to love their enemies, to seek unity, and to proclaim a message of peace. And we will be a church that will reach people for Jesus, to help them reach up, to love God, and begin to turn around with us to reach out, to love others around us. And so maybe some questions to ponder. How is Jesus calling you to live out this reach value? to reach up and worship, to grow your love for him, what would that look like in 2021? For you to grow that, you would look back at the end of this year and say, you know what, I understand worship, and I feel like I practice it more, I engage in it more this year than ever before. That I'm, I'm learning, I'm training my heart to worship God, to love him, and to be loved by him. What would it look like for you to begin to reach out, to grow a love for others, that they understand that you actually care about them? And that when the moment is right, you can share about your experience with Jesus and how he's changing you. What would it look like for you to take steps in that this year? How might he be calling you to help your church live out this value of reach, to reach up, to reach out? So ponder that this week. Lord, we want to be a church that will continually reach, that will reach up with our hearts aimed in adoration and affection toward you, God, to worship you for who you really are. You have no rival. There is none like you. And so we don't want to settle for secondary loves or secondary pursuits. Primarily, we want to pursue you Would you grow a heart of worship within each of us? Would you grow a heart that wants to love you and to love others? Would you develop within us the ability, the tenacity, that it would become second nature for us to reach? To reach for you, to reach out for you. To reach out for those that you love, that you long to see connect in a relationship with you. And so each one of us, would you show us what our next step in that might be as we worship you now in these next few moments. Pray that you would stir within us. 
maybe the next step that you want us to take. Father, we want to invite people into life-giving, life-changing relationship with Jesus, and that's us too. And that's not just changed once because we prayed a prayer. It's a continual invitation to take a next step with you. Would you drill deep within the core of this church, the core of our hearts, to be people who reach, who love you, and who love others?
God is so good to us. He sought us out first, invites us into his mission, the calling that he has for life. And share a couple of things with you tonight. We're going to close with a song. And, and uh, I want to thank you for each of you who've been a part of uh, just giving back to your church. And in the goodness of God, I've seen this month, friends, that um, just in all honesty, uh, the numbers don't add up, and yet God is good. Um, and uh, we had our largest giving month in December in five or six years. And, like, <clears throat> that should not be, like, with COVID and things that have unfolded in our story and just, like, that shouldn't be. And we said to you, hey, we're going to give away 10% of what comes in, and so we're going to give away $3,500 in the next two weeks um, to a couple organizations that are doing God's good here in this city, one of them being Gospel Rescue Mission and the Transition House for Single Moms, uh, who is helping uh, mothers kind of get back on their feet and getting back into society, and, and we're going to show up and bless them. And uh, so watch for photos and stuff on videos of that on, on social media. We're going to bless Caring Ministries that has been doing a ton for food insecurity issues around our city. And uh, all of them know something is coming, but they have no idea what. And so, like, we're excited to, to do that on your behalf as a church, uh, to do that. And so the Blessing Project, something we did this December, will just be something we do every December uh, just to surprise people and encourage them and, and then a little bit of that money we set aside for our serve Sunday February 7th as we give back we're going to go help Catalina High School which by the way uh, seven years ago this weekend we started as a church at Catalina High School seven years um, an incredible journey that we've been on and uh, we're going to get to give back to them on February 7th when we do serve Sunday remember that'll be the Sunday we serve in the morning and then you can get together and enjoy the big game that night. We won't have church that night, but we'll be serving together in the morning. So more details will be coming for that. Um, but want to let you know that. And the second thing is our, again, the 21 days of prayer that starts tomorrow, January 11th. I uh, invite you to download uh, that prayer guide and allow it to help you aim your prayers and for all of us to pray together on Monday for Monday. And on Tuesday for Tuesday, and it's labeled day one, day two, day three. Everything will be posted online. You'll see it. But download that or take a print copy that's on the, in the foyer uh, in the lobby out there. You can grab one. So let's pray for God to be at work in these next 21 days and to move us as a church individually, encourage you, but also corporately uh, to align us to be mission-focused, to be a church that will reach and equip and send we'll unpack more of that in the coming weeks. And so as we end with a song, we're going to sing about God's good grace and the grace that he has for us. And so lean in, sing this with your whole heart, and let it be an anthem for your week ahead, friends. Okay, let's all stand together as we close out. People come together Strangers neighbors a bloody is one children of generations of every nation of kingdom come well don't let your heart be 
trouble Hold your head up I don't feel evil Fix your eyes on this one truth God is madly in love with you So take courage, hold on, be strong Remember that help comes from Oh 
is in his blood. Jesus, light of heaven, friend forever, his kingdom come. Amen. Amen. We all have a great night. We look forward to seeing you next week. Be blessed.